0: noise if you are excited to be in the building today. Man, listen, we've been praying and preparing for you all week, so we are stoked to get to host you and your family this Sunday. You guys heard from Erica, it is a big Sunday, so we're kicking off You Matter Week. So if you're like, man, I'm new to this whole thing, what in the world is You Matter Week? So we serve our community all the time, all year long. We have serve Saturdays at every campus, every month, our group serve, our team serve. But every year we take one week in the fall where we get hyper-focused on serving the community. So there are like 20 some odd opportunities that you can sign up for to make a difference in the community today. So we would love to talk to you more about that after today's experience. But I'm excited to actually get to bring today's message for you. So if you could for me, would you guys please be praying for Pastor Brandon? So this past week he spent an entire week in El Salvador, Um, partnering with an organization called Acts 2. So he's been helping plant churches, um, prepare over 250 pastors for ministry. And he's preaching at two different churches today. So he is gonna need your prayers and they're gonna be felt and they are going to be appreciated. But I'm really glad to bring today's message to you. We're in a series called Going Pro. And it's about this idea that we can all take a professional mindset to everything we do. So last week, Pastor talked about that we need to be obsessed with the process more so than the product. And today we're gonna to talk about the fact that pros play for more. So if you're taking notes, title today's message, pros play for more. Because when you think about it, like every athlete, when you, when you, especially when you think about athletes, they all have something that they're playing for, right? They're playing for a championship, a division title, a trophy, or maybe if you're a single athlete, you're playing for a record, or if you're an Olympian, you're playing for a medal. But at every point in time, every athlete is playing an individual game, an individual down, an individual play for something more. And you're, you might be a pro at what you do for a living, and I bet every day you're probably playing for more too. So if you're a teacher and you're up, till zero dark 30 grading papers, maybe you play for the academic success of your young little students, right? Or if you're a nurse and you've worked a bunch of long hours, you probably play for more too because you want your patients to be happy, healthy and whole. Or if you're in tech support or if you own a business, whatever you do, you can probably see through each and every day for this greater thing that you're playing for every single day, every single game. And what I like to believe is the more that we begin to follow Jesus and his love engulfs more and more and more of our life, we realize that every day we begin to play for more too. Or maybe not just play for more, we begin to live for more. The the way we value relationships change and we value people in such a different way. We're able to show grace and compassion and we want people to draw closer to Jesus and we treat relationships differently and they're more God-honoring. We think about purpose and destiny totally different too. We think, what in the world did God put me on this earth to do? And how am I supposed to use these innate giftings that he gave me to make a difference in this world? And I need to tell you, the world needs you to play for more each and every single day. The world absolutely demands that every time you put your foot on the field, you're actually playing for more. I wanna tell you a little bit about the world around you and why it needs you. Did you know that one out of every four people suffer from a diagnosed or undiagnosed mental illness? So that means one out of the four people you know deeply struggle with their thoughts every single day. 16% of the people you know have a substance abuse issue. That has created 9.5 million Americans overusing opioids every single year. The world needs you and its families too. The divorce rate in the United States of America is at a 45% clip. Meaning this, if you walk down the aisle today and get married, there's a coin flip whether you're gonna make it or not. It's a coin flip. A quarter of the homes, according to the census in the United States of America, do not have a dad present. The world needs us for our students as well. John Hopkins University says one of the leading causes of death from anybody aged 15 to 24 is suicide. 10.2% of households with kids don't even know if they're gonna have enough food for the week. I do want to let you know as a church, you are helping solve that for an elementary school right here in Kershaw County. Um, Did you know that because you give that we're actually able to help around 40 to 50 kids have food over the weekend uh, for one weekend out of the month? We actually partner with other churches doing that. Matter of fact, if you're really burdened by that, you can sign up to serve here at our Columbia campus on Tuesday to help bag those meals for those kids. And all because poverty for the first time in years is on the incline at about 12%. Percent of all Americans living at or below poverty. It's according to the census. That is why is it, it's important as followers of Jesus, every single day that our foot touches the field, that we play for more. Every play, every down, every opportunity, every chance you get, if you're gonna go pro, you're going to be playing for more. And I wanna give to you today three ways that pros play for more. Number one is pros play for something bigger. Pros play for something bigger. Every athlete is on mission at all times. There is no off season if you're gonna go pro. So I don't know if you guys were incredibly blessed like I am to have experienced the South Carolina Gamecocks beat the Texas A&M Aggies last night. All good things come from God, so he gets credit for that one. Uh, I don't know if you were that blessed, but if you were, uh, think about it like this. Coach Beamer said something after the game, that win didn't happen on Saturday. It happened at practice and it happened at spring ball because every athlete is playing for something much bigger than the current moment. Paul even said to Timothy, somebody who he was mentoring to expand the kingdom of God, He said, you need to be ready in and out of season. There is no off season. Because for a pro, playing for something bigger is the beginning, it's not the end. Like, nobody gets to the Super Bowl and they're like, you know what, I think I'm gonna play like a a pro today. I think today's the day I'm going to do it. Like, no. That decision was made in the off season, which is what got you to the Super Bowl, which might happen one day in the future for the Panthers if y'all all pray hard enough. Great day, y'all. Yeah, that's that's right, Jerry. That is a lot of prayer. (laughs) Playing for something bigger is the beginning. It's not the end. And pros are always on mission. Your church is on mission too. Uh, We have a mission statement here. It is that we equip and empower every person to impact their community for Jesus every day. I'm gonna say it again. That's on the wall at our campuses. Our mission is to equip and empower every person to impact their community for Jesus every day. And that mission statement is not important. That mission statement is absolutely everything. If you ever got text from this church, if you ever got handed something from this church, if you ever saw something from this church, if you're hearing something right now from this church, it is all because of that one mission statement. The methods will always change, but the mission absolutely never will. That is what we are called to do. But the thing is, that's not just a radiate thing. That's like a follower of Jesus thing too. I wanna show you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. At this point in time, Jesus is already resurrected. Um, and he's preparing his disciples to take his message to all of the earth. And he's getting ready to ascend to heaven to return again one day. And this is the charge, the singular mission that he gives his disciples. But it's not even just for them. It's for everybody who's going to follow Jesus from this moment forward. Let me help you break this thing down a little bit. Think about verse 18. Jesus says that all authority is given to him, right, on he- in heaven and on earth. And what I wanna help you think about a little bit today, just for a moment, is the fact that oftentimes in our mind, we will go quick to think that the opposite of heaven is hell. And, it, and that's true, right? They're both destinations that, our soul is going to be in one day after we leave this earth, depending on if we have a relationship with Jesus or not, that statement's true. But a lot of times in your Bible, the writers want you to think of earth is actually the opposite of heaven. Think about in the beginning, God created the heaven, the cosmos, right? And he created the earth, the thing below. When Jesus teaches everyone to pray, he says, your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth. Earth as what? As it is in heaven. Part of that mission of playing for something bigger for all of us each and every day is taking heaven and bringing it to earth. And Jesus even said how we could do it. He said, number one, you gotta go. Meaning we have to exert a little bit of energy getting out of our comfort zone, maybe even getting out of our own way and going and helping people take next steps towards them. And I think oftentimes that we really struggle with the go part because we see things like vapor ministry and we go, oh man, if I'm not getting on a plane and going somewhere, am I really going? And I wouldn't disagree that that's a fantastic thing if you're able to do, but you can go right within your radius. Matter of fact, as as a church, we have a vision wall at every one of our campuses and part of that wall is that we ask you, if you love this church and you love being a part of it, would you bring four people to it a year? Four people to it a year. There's no one in this room who you don't know four people within your radius that you can help, help take a next step towards Jesus. Because that's literally what he asks us to do, to go and then to what? Make, baptize, and teach. Meaning have an active part in somebody taking next steps towards him. Can be a big next step, public next step, baptism. Could be a private next step, being taught, being coached to be more like Jesus, right? Look what he said that they were gonna do. Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. Teach them to observe all I command you. Are you observable? Do you play for something so big each and every day that is infectious and contagious and has been caught on the people around you. There's a guy at our church, he's one of our team members. He says something really cool. He says, you may be the only Bible anyone ever reads. And if you're the only Bible anyone's ever read, are they gonna take a step toward or away from Jesus? That's for you to think about for the rest of the day. Pros play for something bigger. Pros also play for their teammates. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Quoted by Michael Jordan, quoted by Travis Lucas. (laughs) The Navy has a saying, they say, individuals play the game, but only teams beat the odds. Individuals play the game, teams can beat the odds. And when I say the word team, just kind of think about the people in your life. Maybe your team's your family, it's your kids, it's your spouse, or your parents, your grandparents, it's your family. Maybe your team's the people you work with. Maybe it's the people you go to church with. You're just, they're your literal neighbors that you live around, you know, that's your team. But you also might be sitting in the room, and you might go, you know, I haven't really done a good job, like, building relationships with people. I don't know if my team's really that big or that significant. Or maybe you're in a stage of your life where you're, Changing seasons, man. The Lord's working on you, and you realize that your team that you currently have, those friends, they might not be the ones you want to carry into your next season. And so, if you're sitting in the room right day, if you're sitting in the room right now, and you're thinking to yourself, like, I've probably been a little more guarded and isolated and private than I should. I want to let you know that's okay, and you're actually not alone. So, um, science says that like the number one fear is public speaking, like what I'm doing right now, right? Highest probability have a heart attack for me right now on stage in front of all you, get you a bunch of views on your reels whenever it happens, right? Highest probability my heart attack right now. Um, But the the crazy thing is, is since COVID um, and when we've been quarantined and we've isolated and we've thought about community differently, um, that, that, that fear has actually changed a little bit. It's actually called social phobia now. Do you know what social phobia is? It's not just talking in front of people, it's engaging with anybody. So I'm gonna say it a different way. The number one fear of people is people. But pros play for their teammates. They make their team better because they are there and they are better because their team is there. That's the Bible too. That's what your church believes. We have a core value. It says we do life together. We deeply, deeply, deeply value Relationships And look, I get our church is growing in a lot of different ways. Um, we have more campuses now. There are more experience times now. There are more smiling faces and brand new faces coming in every week. And that's a great thing. So there's no way that you're ever gonna get to know everybody. But you better believe you need to get to know somebody because everybody needs a somebody. The Bible says it's not good to be alone because if you fall by yourself, there's actually no one there to help you. That's in Ecclesiastes. The Bible also says in James 5, 16, that you can pray for one another and be healed. You need a somebody in your life. You need somebody who's asking you hard questions and holding you accountable. You need somebody saying, hey, are you going on date nights? Are you reading your Bible? Are you good to your kids? Are you doing this? Are you being a good steward of the things you have? You need somebody in your business. You need, let me say it another way: Somebody needs to have a hunting license and permission to go in your life and destroy some things. That's the truth. You need somebody in your business. You need somebody praying for you too. I need y'all praying for my flow nays to work right now. And so everybody needs somebody praying for. Me. I don't want to be the only person praying for the thing that keeps me up at night. I want somebody else helping me with that. I know you do too. You need somebody praying for you. You need somebody you can share and celebrate life with. I want to show y'all a couple of verses about sharing life. Um, this is, one, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I know uh, every verse for every pastor is their favorite. But this is for real, one of my favorites. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.8, and I'm gonna read you 2.11 and 2.12 as well. It says, uh, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives become because you had become very dear to us. 11 and 12. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you, just as a father would his own children, it was so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into His kingdom and glory. Want to break these down for you a little bit? I think as Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, he could have easily said, "The greatest thing we could have ever done is preach the gospel to you." Period. Like everybody would be like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm good with it. But that's not what he said. He said, not only did I get to share the gospel with you, but I loved you so much. And because you're so dear, I got to share my life as well. That is being a pro and that is playing for your team around you. That's my heart. That's your pastor's heart. That's Pastor Brandon, Pastor Megan's heart for you too. It's not only do we get to have Sundays with you and life groups with you and serve opportunities with you. We get to share life too. We get to know what's going on in your life. You get to know what's going on in each and every person's life around you. I wanna tell you guys, I think you might find this funny. You might find it disgusting, actually, I don't really know. I wanna tell you when and where I pray for you every day. So if you're about to have lunch, you may throw up later. Um, So every morning at the gym, shirtless and sweaty, I pray for each and every one of you in the sauna every day. And you know what? I absolutely love it. It is dark, it is quiet. There's nobody texting or bothering me in there. But that's the time where I'm going through my prayer list and I see my Radiate Church family on there and I just start naming names and I just start just declaring things and believing things for each and every one of you. And you know what? If you're new for the first time here today, I pray for you too and you don't even know it. I pray for you before you even walk through these doors. Your pastors do too. We love doing life together. Verse 11 and verse 12. Paul said the reason he does it and he encourages is because he wants to encourage and coach, using a pro term, um, like a father to children because he wants the people that he's coaching, he's leading closer to Christ to walk in a manner worthy of that. Let me say it a different way for us today. Paul's saying, I encourage and I coach because I want you to see in you what God does. I want you to see in you what God does, what I do, and you need to know that you were worth everything to Jesus. He had you on his mind when he was dying on a cross. It was you he was thinking about. You are worth everything, and the reason we coach the reason we're a team is because I want you to see that in you. I want you to see that in you. And basically what that boils down, that boils down to is he's able to, to see the God-given value of each and every person. Do you know what acknowledging the value of somebody else is called? It's called honor. That, that's actually one of our core values too. We honor up, down, and all around, meaning this is that we honor those who have investment and influence and help lead us in our life. We honor down to the people that God actually gave us that opportunity to do, right? And bless us with the opportunity to lead and influence someone else. But we honor each and every person because they were as worth dying for as we are. It's seeing what's inside of you because what you perceive, you receive. If I perceive you as being so valuable, so, so valuable, I'm going to treat you as so, so uniquely, teeming with potential, valuable. Honor is seeing the value placed inside of somebody else. That is being a pro teammate. And I do wanna tell you what, I told you what honor is, and I will to tell you two things that honor is not. Honor is not quiet. Honor sounds like something. It sounds like something. It, if you think of something, hey, if you think of something nice to somebody, say it. If you're thinking about encouraging somebody, encourage them. If you notice somebody is showing so, so much promise in something, would you let them know you picked up on it? If somebody actually has influence in your life, would you actually listen to them? Like it, it, needs, it needs to sound like something, but it needs to be something too. Honor is not invisible. It's not quiet and it's not invisible. It looks like something. It looks like paying attention it looks like I showed up prepared. It looks like I'm, I'm actually bringing the juice. I'm bringing energy. My body language looks like something. I love you so much. I know what like, makes your heart pump peanut butter. I got a small gift for you. I know you love this thing, right? Here's an encouraging note because I seen something in you and I wanna give it to you. It might just be a simple fist bump in the hallway, but honor is not quiet. It is not invisible. Honor is something to be experienced. Does that make sense? It's something to be experienced. Pros play for more, they play for their teammate, they play for the person right beside them. Number three, pros play to leave a legacy. Every pro wants to leave a legacy. I wanna give you a thought. What you do in life is your history. What you leave behind is your legacy. What you do in life is your history, but what you leave behind is your legacy. Think about professional athlete for a minute, right? So the best athletes are remembered in like a hall of fame. So you could literally go somewhere, see their jersey, and read all the cool stuff they did. If you're the best, you get remembered somewhere. If you're best in the academic world, you might have your picture on the wall of a university like these old creepy people from like the 1800s we all see at the school wall, right? You get remembered some kind of way, You get put on a wall. Maybe you write a book. Maybe what you leave behind is your words. Maybe you get an award, something you put on the wall in the hall, but people who are pros, they leave a legacy that can be remembered. But I want to tell you, as a follower of Jesus, your legacy is not contained in something, but it's in people. See, your legacy is contained in the lives of the people that you impact in this world. I wanna show you Matthew chapter six, 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. We cannot take anything to heaven with us. That's an obvious thing, right? You can't take physical things to heaven with you. But you, you can't even take titles and labels to heaven with you either. Think about that. Like I'm a pastor, on earth I'm a pastor. They don't need pastors in heaven. They don't. My job means nothing at that point other than the fact that I got to make an investment on this earth in people. They don't need doctors in heaven. They don't need lawyers in heaven. They don't need teachers in heaven. They don't need those things. You don't get to carry whatever you accumulated in this life. The only thing that gets to cross that gate with you are the people that you brought with you, the people that you led to Jesus. That's literally all you can take to heaven with you. And I believe if you wanna leave a legacy on this earth, if you wanna go pro, and you wanna make an investment on this earth that is gonna be stored up in the people that you get to make an impact for, I got two examples of things I believe is way worth investing in. Not exhaustive, food for thought. Number one, I would invest in yourself. I would invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is I would live a life worth remembering. A life that points people to Jesus. Proverbs uh, chapter 20 verse seven says, a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. A man in right standing with God walks with integrity and character and how blessed is his legacy. How blessed are the people that come after him. The word integrity comes from the word integris. And if you're a math student, or you're a teacher, you know the word integer, right? It's part of a whole. Integrous means something is complete. Like you couldn't be in this building, sitting in a chair right now, if the building is not integrous. It has to be complete. And that's our life too. If we're going to live a life that points people to Jesus, it has to have integrity. It has to be integrous. Meaning this, the part people see, our public life has integrity. That everything we do helps draw people closer to Jesus, not take a step away from them, right? But it's also the part of our life we can't see. It's our internet searches. It's our text messages. It's what we say to people when no one else is watching. It's how we act and what we do when no one else is watching. That is part of our integrity as well, because that stuff is only a matter of time before it goes public, If you want to leave a legacy, we have to live a life of integrity. And remember, there's a difference in history and legacy. History is what happens in this life. Legacy is what we leave behind. And I don't know if you're like me, man, maybe you're hearing this part of the message and I was thinking about this in preparation, like, oh man, that history part, I need like an eraser for some of that, you know? Um, I I don't want that to like, um, I don't want that to be remembered. Uh, But I would encourage you too that, Jesus died to rescue you from sin and from hell, but he also died to redeem you, to give you a full life and a right standing with God. And maybe you're in a place today where you don't feel like you're living with integrity, but you don't have to to finish that way. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that when we place our trust in him and he begins to shape our lives, that we can still leave a legacy, no matter where you are in your life right now in this room. You hear Pastor Brandon say all the time, right? That God loves you right where you're at, but way too much to leave you there. I wanna encourage you, and maybe you're not, you know, you're, as you reflect back on your history, maybe you're not proud of it. Maybe you're not proud of the person you are today, but that does not mean that has to be the person how you finish. You can still leave a legacy. I would invest in yourself. And lastly, this is something I would think about to invest in uh, is the church. And you're like, we get it, you get paid to say that. That was probably scripted, but I really want you to hear me for a second. Here's why I would say it's worth investing in the church is because as an individual, I only have the capacity to care for somebody so much. Like I can't do for an individual what our entire church can. I just can't do it. And there's so many people in the room, you give, you give over and above each and every Sunday, my family does too. We have before I ever took a job here at this church because I believe in it and I believe in that. And I wanna tell you why I believe it's worth investing in the church. Like These are personal reasons that I wrote down why my family gives to this church. We give to this church to leave a legacy because we wanna be a part of a place that has the ability to disciple Ashley and I. I wanna invest in a place that has the ability to have great groups for us to be a part of. It has a care system for us to be a part of whenever we need something. It has a place that we can meet and that we can hear great teaching and that we can listen to a podcast through the rest of the week and invest in us becoming more like Jesus. I wanna invest in somewhere that invests in me. Would you agree with that? We also give to this church is because it has the ability to teach our daughter better than we can. We invest in this church because of our kids. Let me tell you something. I get to go to conferences throughout the year. I get to meet people do exactly what I do at all these other churches. And whenever they ask me, they say, hey, what makes Radiate Church special? I'll say, well, two things. Number one is Pastor Brandon. No other church in the world has got Pastor Brandon. Pastor Brandon is our secret weapon. God has blessed us with him and we need to make sure we honor him because there are everybody else's pastor is not like Pastor Brandon. He's the real deal on and off stage. And that guy gives so much that is seen and unseen. Pastor Brandon is our secret weapon. But number two, our flagship ministry at this church is our kids. Like I love all these other ministries, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, our kids is just the most special ministry. So Hannah this week was um, telling me and actually the fruits of the spirit, right? And there's probably people in this room, you don't even know what that is. And it's a part of your Bible in Galatians. And Paul says that whenever we start to follow Jesus, that things happen in our life. And she was able to explain these fruits that I probably couldn't have until six, seven years ago. She can. She can almost say the whole Lord's Prayer. And this is crazy to me. And that's your kids too. They are learning about Jesus on their level each and every Sunday. And you know why they're important and why tribe is important? It's because of this. Is because they are not the next generation, they are the now generation. And they are being prepared to make a kingdom impact and they're making a difference in this world. They are emptying hell and they're filling heaven. It is a flagship ministry church That's why we give. We also give because (laughs) I I want a place that I actually want to bring my friends and family to. Like, hear me, I love an excellent experience, I do. I love the lights, I love the screens, I love all that stuff. I don't want no stank chairs. Did y'all know somebody sprays your chairs for you coming here each and every, that's true. Somebody sprays your chair each and every Sunday for you coming in here. Like I don't want stank chairs. I don't want dingy looking stuff. Like I want a place that I can have pride in, that I go, you know what, man, that place is special. And I know when I invite my friend there, they're gonna love it. They're absolutely gonna love it. They're gonna get a wave coming through the parking lot. They're gonna get a wave at the front door by a bunch of people wearing the same jersey man, their kids are gonna be in a safe place. And I know when their kids leave, they're gonna be going nuts and wanna come back. Like I want to invest in somewhere that cares about an excellent experience because Jesus is absolutely worth it. He's absolutely worth it. I wanna invest in somewhere that has a system for every care need, I do. I can't care for you guys the way our church can. Pastor Brandon can't care for you the way our church can. And because we invest in this church, we're actually able to help people who cannot even help themselves. We feed people every month. We help a single mom who needs help with this or that. We help build wheelchair ramps for people who don't know how they're going to get in and out of their house after having a major surgery. You don't want me building anything at your house. It's not integrous. Remember we talked about that (laughs) earlier, right? But somebody here can do that. I can't do it, but somebody can, you know? I wanna invest in somewhere that provides right now media and that gives every single person hundreds of thousands of hours of Bible study. Because I don't want you at my house till 10 o'clock at night talking about stuff. I want you on right now, you can laugh at that, that was funny. But I want to give you right now media. I wanna invest in somewhere that has a 24 seven plan. And lastly, our family invests here because it actually makes the community better. Like our church actually has a vision, a huge vision It looks like multiple campuses, multiple regions, thousands of people coming to grow their faith, not just each and every Sunday, but throughout the week too. I wanna give to somewhere that's got a plan so grand, so much bigger than what I could ever do on my own. That's leaving a legacy. Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said that the harvest in the field is plentiful, but the workers in the field are few. I want to invest somewhere that can take that seed and scatter it. Because I'm unable to, I'm unable to. There's a big harvest that can take place. But this place has a vision to mobilize workers and to see people develop a deep relationship with Jesus. And that is leaving a legacy. You guys are making an impact on heaven for people that you don't even know and you're never going to meet. And for that as a church, we wanna say thank you to you guys. That's a big deal. So I hope you learned something today about the fact that pros play for more. They play for something bigger. They play for their team and they play to leave a legacy behind. So just a few minutes, you're gonna hear from your campus host today with some next steps. Um, But really what I'd love to do is pray for you. Um, If you are sitting in the room today and man, you've got something heavy on your heart or you think today's the day you wanna make a a firm decision for Jesus, um, we have a care corner in the rear of our auditorium, we wanna help talk through that with you. We wanna pray for you. If something's keeping you up at night, we wanna help pray for you about that before you leave today and give you some next steps. But what I'm asking God for right now is just to instigate something inside of you, to see through every little singular moment in your day and your week to help you realize that you can play for more. Can you guys bow your heads with me? God, thank you so much for our time spent together today. It's been a pleasure, God. We thank you for your word, your word doesn't return void. And so God, as we examine what it looks like to live a life of adopting a pro mindset, God, we help that you just remind us that each and every day, we play for so much more. It's not just that minute, it's not just that day, it's not just that week, but God, we are on a mission to know you and to make you known in this world, God. God, I pray for each and every person who maybe is taken their eyes off that anchor point, that you could help reestablish our faith in you and reestablish our concentration on that mission. God, I pray for everybody right now who's reevaluating what it might look like to play for a team and have people in their life, holding them accountable and to be the type of person who can be life-giving to someone else and who can honor them. And God, right now, if there's somebody in this room who's thinking about, man, I don't wanna leave this world in such a way that I did not make an impact on it while I spent my time here. God, would you just illuminate next steps there? Perhaps it's giving. Lord, perhaps it's just elevating character. Perhaps it's elevating who we are. Perhaps it's elevating what we talk about with people, God, that where those conversations can be fruitful and they can help people grow closer to you and that we can empty hell so we can fill God, we thank you for what you've done in the building and in and through our lives today. It's in your name we pray, amen. Would you guys give God some glory today?